We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Crossover, get out the way, Trey Young. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Pat. We're talking about a Bulls team that has lost three in a row, losing at Indiana, at Brooklyn, at Toronto. No surprises. In any of that whatsoever, though, that Pacers game sure was close. The Bulls could have won that one. They did not. They fall to 19-33 and on the season right now. Still, um, you know, magically hanging with the number nine seed at the moment. (laughs) Uh, They're in the nine seed. They're four games behind the Orlando Magic uh, at the time of us recording this. So, uh, Bulls not totally buried in their playoff hopes, but... Oh my God, has this been a bad season, Jason? It gets worse and worse every week. It happened again this week with Chris Dunn getting hurt on the first play of the game against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I believe they said he has an MCL sprain, and we're still awaiting the MRI results on that one. But, uh, you know, add another Bowles player to the injury pile. Seems like we talk about a different guy getting hurt every year, or every week, I should say. We did it with Markin last week. Uh, just another tough week for the Bulls, obviously, and we are going to get into the trade deadline and we're going to talk about, you know, everything surrounding the Bulls and the, and the trade deadline in this podcast. But uh, just thoughts on this week, Jason, before we get into that. Yeah, so they had the nice one against the Spurs that came back. They were down double digits in the fourth quarter. They came back and then they played a really good game against the Pacers. They should have won that game. They were up seven with like. 4-11 to go. I think they went up seven. Tomas Adaransky had a hit a shot to go up seven. They probably did not score the rest of regulation. Zach Levine really struggled down the stretch. The offense just went into the hole. Victor Oladipo had a huge shot. That was his return game. He's been really bad in his return, but he hit this huge shot, huge three-pointer to tie the game. 
Zach Levine had a chance to win. The refs missed a call. The two-minute report confirmed it, but, I mean, that's it'll happen. The Bulls have been beneficiaries of some calls late as well in a game. That Wizards game comes to mind when they got maybe a questionable call to go their way at the end of a game, whatever. They should not have been in the position anyways. They they went, they lose that game. They lose it in overtime. Brutal loss then. And then, yeah, the next couple games, they just got blown out. Uh, you mentioned that Chris Dunn injury in the Nets game right after that. Now, I, I don't know if it necessarily would have mattered, but Chris Dunn goes down in the first play of the game, and then Kyrie Irving goes and puts up 54 on him. Just absolutely unstoppable. Just magical Kyrie, even though Kyrie also just got hurt. So another possible break for the Bulls. I don't want to say that much break because they've had all their injuries, but Kyrie Irving down again. He's got an in- knee injury of his own. I don't know if he's going to miss much time, and the Nets already they beat the Suns' ass tonight to, to make it, I think they're four and a half ahead of the Bulls now. But yeah, that game was a blowout. And then against the Raptors, Super Bowl Sunday, the Bulls were actually competitive for the first half. They won the first half. They were up 63-60. to 60. They made like 11 three-pointers. They then got outscored by 30 points in the second half. Just, I mean, totally predictable. Once the Raptors started trying, started focusing, and the Bulls kind of came back to earth with their shooting, Terrence Davis came off the bench, hit, hit like six threes, 31 points. Just total domination by the Raptors, who are... Who are 36 and 14 after 50 games after losing Kawhi and dealing with a bunch of injuries of their own? Just I want to shout out to the Raptors. There was that stretch where the Bulls beat the Raptors ass all the time, and Jimmy Butler owned the Raptors. Now the Raptors have won 12 straight against the Bulls. Just great organization, the defending champs. Shout out to them. Uh, we also had another Jim Boylan moment at the end of this uh this Raptors game with just over a minute to go. Uh Bulls down 25. Jim Boylan calls a timeout. Uh, the the cameras caught Zach Levine just kind of staring off into space on this on the bench, like obviously really really frustrated with where this team is at right now. Probably frustrated that he didn't make the All Star game. And then he just kind of goes, "Why?" You see a mouth, "Why? Why did we call this timeout?" The Raptors announcers were super pissed. Boylan explained it away like, "Oh, you know, I I got guys to coach out there. I got G League guys. Like I'm gonna call a play here. I mean, it's just." Another in the long the long line of just boiling goofy stuff. It happens like again. It happens like every week. We literally talk about something goofy Boylan does every week. But yeah, I mean, like you said, nineteen and thirty three. The Bulls do not play another game before the trade deadline. The trade deadline is Thursday. They're, the Bulls have uh, Tuesday and Wednesday off before they play uh, Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. They welcome him in after the trade deadline on Thursday night. So a couple of days here, it's good. We're just as Bulls fans are just kind of focused on the trade deadline here. Um. And yeah, nineteen to thirty-three. I before we, I guess, before we get into the trade deadline, which we'll talk about that real quick here. I do want to give a shout out to Zach Levine. While he did not make the All Star game, he did not get voted in as reserve. It looks like he will be doing the three-point contest. He uh, uh, that was confirmed today. Shams and Casey both reported that it does not look like he's going to do the dunk contest, which is kind of a bummer because Aaron Gordon's going to be in it. I feel like everybody would want to see the Levine and Gordon rematch. I know there's four guys. I think it's uh, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, Derek Jones Jr., and Pat Connaughton of the 44-inch vertical. Guy's got some pretty sick hops. So that's a, I mean, I guess that's the decent group. I think everybody with the game being in, with the All-Star game being in Chicago, with the Zach Levine possibility of the Gordon rematch, I feel like people wanted to see that. Maybe there'll be a, he'll still somehow uh, show up, but it looks like for now he might just be doing the three-point contest. No one's ever actually won both a slam dunk contest and a three-point contest. So Zach Levine could do that. So I guess we'll we'll be rooting for him. That is the only, I think right now he's the only representation of Bulls All-Star Weekend right now because Wendell Carter Jr. made the Rising Stars game, but he's not playing and Zion Williamson's taking his spot as an injury replacement. Carter will not be back until after the All-Star break with his injury. Uh, Kobe White did not make the Rising Stars challenge. And when you look at the format, the World versus Team USA thing, 
It's rookies and sophomores. Totally understandable. He just hasn't been that hasn't been that good outside of a few big games. Obviously, I mentioned Zach didn't make the All Star game, which also totally understandable. I guess that that did come out last week that Zach did not make the All Star game. We hadn't gotten able to talk, talk really about that, uh, and it kind of played out how we expected it to with like just winning guys on winning teams. I know some guys we saw like Bradley Beal and. Uh, I think who else was it? Devin Booker kind of went crazy. We saw a few other guys go crazy for rising star snubs too. Zach was really mature about it. He understands since the Bulls aren't winning that he's not going to get he that it's it's harder to get in the All Star game. The, the coaches especially they they value winning and that's and that's what they voted for. He could still be voted in as a replacement, uh, but we'll see about that. I guess before we get into the straight line stuff, Ricky, any thoughts about the All Star voting, the three point contest, dunk contest, any of that kind of stuff? I think that Zach's not doing the dunk contest because he doesn't have anything to prove as a dunker. I think like when you reach a certain level to the point where either Zach is currently at or the point where Zach is trying to get to, doing the dunk contest is a little bit demeaning. And, you know, there's a reason why Dwight needed to have his star, I think, fall back a little bit before he started doing it. Now he's trying to rebuild his reputation. Uh, So I just... I'm not going to get upset about Zach Levine not no. doing the dunk contest. Like, I think it's ridiculous that some people are getting fired up about that. It's cool he's doing the three-point contest. Uh, and I think that he could very easily win that. Oh, yeah. Um, so that'll be nice. Has anyone ever won both of those contests in their career? Let no, alone no. The same that, yeah, it's not just like the same year thing. No one has ever won, just like had a career like where they've won both. I, I looked it up, and he had brought that up earlier this year when he was kind of talking about it. It seemed like he had been leaning towards doing this. Like, if he would have made the All-Star game, it sounds like maybe he would have done done the dunk contest as well. But since he didn't make the game itself, he just kind of do the, do the three-point contest and make some history. He was, like, holding it over everyone in the selection yeah. process. They're like, well, I know everyone wants to see me in the dunk contest, so <laughs> I guess you better make me an All-Star. I love the bravado of that, but didn't quite work out for him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a trash bowl season, and quite frankly, like, none of their players deserved any sort of recognition, right? Like Levine didn't deserve to be an all-star. Kobe White didn't deserve to play in the rookies no. versus sophomore game. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad that Zach at least got in the three-point contest. I'm going to be covering the all-star game, which has always been like a career goal of mine. I've always wanted to cover the all-star game, finally getting the opportunity to do it this year. Uh, unfortunately, I think that it's probably going to be one big memorial to Kobe, yeah. uh, which is absolutely fitting. But, you know, that is going to suck a lot of the the fun out of it. I think it, instead it's going to be heartfelt and uh, there'll be some really emotional moments. And the NBA has you know done a great job, I think, honoring Kobe since him and uh, his 13 year old daughter passed. So it's going to be probably like a heavy atmosphere I'm expecting at the All-Star game. I don't think it's going to be as silly as it normally is. Uh, just because of the Kobe tribute, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, Zach, to me, didn't really deserve to be an all-star, so I'm not going to get too upset about it. Jason, before we get into the trade deadline portion of this podcast, we got to talk about Chandler Hutchison. Oh, yeah. I'm on the Hutch bandwagon. So (laughs) why not, right? Like I tweeted this. I had been thinking about tweeting it for a while, but was wanted to like, you know, temper my take a little bit. The Bulls have nothing to lose by playing Chandler Hutchison 30 minutes a game, right? Like, the season's definitely over. They don't have any wings. So, if there's... And he's under team control for the next two years. So, you might as well just see what you have in this guy. Because when they've played him in January, he's actually put together 
some pretty impressive moments. And he had his biggest game against Indianapolis. That game they almost won on Wednesday. He put up 21 points on 10 of 14 shooting from the field. Uh, contributed, you know, a little bit across the board in the other categories. I'm not saying that I think Chandler Hutchison is good. I'm saying that he's the only guy on the team that I'm even really interested in watching at this point. And I kind of like the way he's been playing lately. I think that he's really been attacking the basket with a head of steam. He's obviously very good in transition. One thing that jumps out to me that I didn't fully realize before this month is just how good his body control is. He had some great finishes at the basket in that game against Indy where he was like, you know, contorting himself in the air, still finishing through contact, absorbing the contact while airborne. Those are not necessarily things that we should take for granted. And I think, you know, for a Bulls team that desperately needs a young guy to get excited about, desperately needs a wing. I want to try to talk myself into Chandler Hutchison. I don't think he's definitely trash. I think that, you know, (laughs) if he could even shoot a little bit better, he would almost definitely be a solid rotation guy. That is going to be the one thing that's going to hold him back a bit. But, you know, you look at his numbers across the board, he has a 55.6% true shooting percentage. That is perfectly average uh, for an NBA score. So that's pretty solid. I'm happy that he's already scoring at an NBA average level. Uh, He's really getting to the foul line a lot. Now, he can't make a free throw, but he has a 47% free throw rate which is really interesting. Unfortunately, he's only making 63% of his free throws, only made 60% last year. So, you know, the shooting is an issue, not just from three-point range, but also at the foul line. And his steal rate's 2.7%, which is really good. Typically, anything above 2%, and especially anything above 2.5% is awesome. So now, ultimately, what's he going to be? Like a low-usage offensive player, someone who can't really shoot and is going to be limited by that for sure. But I think offensively, he still brings some value just by being able to attack the basket. Defensively, he's going to give you some length and someone who can rebound a little bit. Uh, You look at, you know, his uh, Raptor, which is a new stat by 538 this season. He's one of the few bulls that actually has a positive Raptor rating so far this year. Uh, Oh, actually, I'm looking at his Raptor War, which is slightly different. But anyways, he's this says he's been a plus one on defense, which is solid, uh, and a minus two on offense. I think the lack of foul shooting really sort of holds him back there, and also the three-point shooting. So far on the season, he is only shooting 32% on 31 three-pointers, so uh, that's definitely going to be the swing skill for him. But I want to see him play. I want to see him play minimum 30 minutes a night or more. I want to see him get minutes at the four. I want to see him get minutes at the three. And I want to see how everyone else looks around him, right? Because this whole season, uh, after Otto went down, the Bulls have not had a small forward. They've been playing Chris Dunn at small forward for like the last two months. That's just, you know, not anything that is going to help you make a determination on the future of the team. Dunn, if they even bring him back, I don't think we're going to be seeing three guard lineups going forward. And if we are after this year, the Bulls are going to continue to be absolute trash. Uh, So let me see what Hutchison's got. I've liked what he's shown uh, during some limited minutes in January. And he's one guy who I can actually start to talk myself into maybe a little bit. Yeah, I wrote a quick thing on Forbes about him kind of breaking out, if you want to call it, because he obviously struggled with injuries. His first two years, including this year, uh, he was basically just kind of bad last year when he played as a rookie. Older rookie wasn't very good. Just he meant the, the jumper is broken. I don't know if it's ever going to be good. He's got an incredibly slow release. 
It just looks terrible. He basically just can't score outside the paint. But he has, like you mentioned, he's been super aggressive. The finishing's been a lot better. You mentioned getting to the free throw line. Obviously, it'd be nice bringing that free throw percentage up. Obviously, he, he's got the defensive versatility where he can guard guard he can guard wings. He can do a respectable job against power forwards as long as they're not like too big. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think we should ever expect like a lot out of Chandler Hutchinson. But b- given that basically before this these last few weeks he looked like a total bust after they made that promise to him to take him at twenty two. Uh, in in 2018, the fact that he actually might be like at least a decent, a useful role player, I mean that, that's 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 definitely a win because I I have not been a fan. There hasn't been much to be a fan about. Like he was awful in summer league too, and like I said, he got off to a tough start this year with more injuries. But now that he's finishing, he's playing more aggressive, clearly more confident, uh, driving to the basket and finishing strong. It's been nice to see at least t- to be a useful role player. A decent young player. And like you said, play, yeah, with Chris Dunn now out, I mean, who knows how long he's going to be out. If it is a sprained MCL, I feel like that's usually like a month or so. Like, probably. like four, I feel like it's like usually like a four to six week injury, I guess. I guess we'll see once they do more tests and announce that. But yeah, I mean, with Dunn out now and the lack of wing depth in general on this team, play, play Chandler Hutchinson a ton. Because like you said, you could also play him as a, a small ball four. Give him all those minutes. At this point, with the Bulls at 19 and 33, it's especially again. We're, we'll we'll talk about the trade down in, in a little bit here. Like if they trade Thad Young, that could open up more minutes for Hutch as well at the four. Lowry's still out for a while. There's going to be a time to play these a, a guy like Hutch. Maybe they'll play Kobe White a bit more. We'll see. I totally agree with that. Before we talk about this trade deadline, let's take a quick word from our new sponsor, Bet Online. Missed your chance to bet on the Super Bowl, the the Chiefs and the Niners game? Fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. We got March Madness coming up, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner. Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl, the Super Bowl in 2021. So head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up, it's super easy, and if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, and when you sign up at betonline.ag. So bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back. Cash considerations, obviously brought to you by Bet Online, our great new sponsor. Let's talk trade deadline. So, trade deadline is Thursday, as we've mentioned. It's been kind of quiet out there for the Bulls. I did, a, I did a kind of a trade deadline primer for the Bulls at over at Forbes. You can check that out. Uh, it's just like I said, it's been kind of quiet. The rumors, there's just really haven't been many rumors. We know there was that Thad Young thing a while ago about how the Clippers were interested, and apparently they had sent scouts to Bulls games. Uh, there was a Chris Dunn Clippers rumor, but again, now with Chris Dunn on this injury being out, like I, I don't I don't see how you're going to trade a guy in the last year of his contract for a guy who's hurt. Oh, we can talk a bit more about that, but uh, like today there was a rumor. I, I don't even want to call it a rumor. Like Zach Lowe mentioned on his podcast that like good quote unquote good teams are calling about and asking about Zach Levine, and he's basically just assuming that the Bulls are basically hanging up on them and aren't that interested in a, in a trade. I guess just right off the bat here, like. Do you think the Bulls are going to make any moves? Like again, they're nineteen and thirty-three. They probably should be selling. They're four games out of the playoffs. They got a brutal schedule. After the All-Star break, they have a stretch of easy games. After that, basically getting into March and April, it's all playoff teams. Basically, I mean, there's just almost no way they make the playoffs here. They probably should be selling. 
What do you think they should do? Like, do you is there any big moves you think they'll make? Do you think they'll just be small stuff? Do you think they'll sand pat? What do you think? Uh, I think that there's a chance they would sell because if we know something about the Bulls' trade history, it's that they're most likely to do it when they're motivated by shedding salary. So I think that you know maybe sort of kind of being in the mix for the eight seed would prevent them from doing it, but. Man, if you ask me, I would sell, sell, sell. Sell everyone. I don't care. They should trade Thad Young, <laughs> trade Sadoransky. Anyone on this team, I think, that you don't view as a as a core piece, you should deal. And I'd be listening on offers for Markkinen and Levine, too. Like, you know, if someone really wants one of those guys, make me an offer I can't turn down. Uh, so to me, you know, you don't usually hear a lot of buzz about the Bulls before they make a trade. I don't think we heard any rumors about the Otto Porter deal before that went down last year. So just because it's been quiet on that front doesn't mean that something is definitely not going to happen. Uh, it really just comes back to how the Bulls view themselves this season. Do they view themselves as being in the hunt for a playoff <laughs> spot or do they correctly view the season as a massive failure? in one that like everyone should be really embarrassed by do gar packs are they like acting as if they're going to be you know the front office moving forward are they nervous at all about losing their job if that's the case maybe they don't want to sell off Sadoransky and thad young and some of the other veterans because they don't want the team to go like you know with three wins for the rest of the way <laughs> so there's a lot of different things at play here i would love to see them sell especially Sadoransky. And Thad Young, I think that, you know, those are no-brainer moves. Gets the young guys some minutes. Uh, I just don't see a scenario in which the Bulls are even competing next year. Like, maybe it happens. I don't know. I I don't really see what the the move would be to make them compete next year outside of, like, obviously hiring a really good coach and going from the worst coach in the NBA to one that's perhaps above average. That would help. Uh, I would like to see them sell, though. How do you feel? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I've been banging the drum for the last week or so, especially with this three-game losing streak going into the deadline. Uh, even with Kyrie getting hurt, like, I mean, there's there's just no reason to to try to, like, do anything else. Like, you're not – I can't imagine, like, the, like the, the last thing they should do is, like, try to trade, like, draft picks to, like, make a playoff push. Like, unless you're, like, trading for, like, a legit long-term star, like, keep your draft picks and try to get assets. Like, at this point – no point in, in trying to make some goofy trade for like an ill-fated playoff push this year. I don't know if I'm quite as negative about next year, but then again, I've tried to buy into this team the last couple of years and they've, it's bitten me right in the ass. Like I'd, I don't even know what to think about next year at this point, but yeah, absolutely sell. Thad Young has, is the obvious name. He's a veteran. He was com- complaining about playing time earlier. He's made some comments about how he's not, how this, his play style this year has been totally different and how it's kind of, not what he was expecting, not really what they sold him on. I Who knows what they actually told him, but like it sure seems like Thad Young almost, basically from that first report about him not even playing that much, that the writing might be on the wall for him. Obviously, Lowry's out right now. Like I don't know if they're going to use that as an excuse to, oh, we need to keep Thad Young around to like start at the four. Like Who cares, man? Like a, Start Chandler Hudson at the four for all I care. Try to get something for Thad Young. I guess like I don't know. He has been playing better lately because before the last couple weeks, kind of before he started playing more with Lowry out, He'd been having a terrible season. I think part of that is because like he's been playing a role he's not used to, more of like a perimeter guy. I think he, they've kind of gotten back more to doing some stuff that he's more better at, just kind of around the basket and kind of banging down low. But I mean, if you looked at his shooting numbers, like before the last couple, before this month, 
or before January, basically, he was awful. He was like an under 40% shooter, which is ridiculous for him. He's always been he's been a pretty semi-efficient guy, always shooting well around the basket. And he was just not that good. So like maybe he's built his value back up a bit more now. Like I think feel like he'd definitely be a lot more valuable on a winning team. We've I, I know again the Clippers have been mentioned. I mean, you look at the Clippers roster, like man, I mean, it'd be something maybe like Mo Harkless and like a their late first round pick, or they have uh, like, I mean, if you're interested in like Jerome Robinson, I guess like I don't think they're gonna trade like Shamet's Shem- is or Shamet, however you say his name. Like I don't think they would trade him for Thad Young. So like I don't know what you're getting there. I'm not really. I haven't really seen any other teams like really out there like who could use what like a backup power forward, just a veteran four. Like do you, do you have anybody else you think would be interested in Thad Young? Uh, I do feel like he could help any contender basically, right? right? Like. Uh, I don't really know what the Bulls could get in return for him. I would take for sure a late first round pick. And yeah, this is a bad draft. But when we're like judging drafts, we typically judge them by how strong they are at the top. I think like at the end, like in this draft, the 28th pick could very feasibly be just as good as the second pick or better. You know, we see that happen all the time. Uh, you look at the 2013 draft, which this draft is getting compared to a lot. You had Gobert in the 20s. You had Giannis at 15. You had Anthony Bennett at number one. So uh, I would love to get, you know, a top 40 pick. I think that why not? You know, in terms of Thad Young, how is he really helping you moving forward? Like right. <laughs> you were you signed him to try to make a playoff run you somehow undercut yourself by deciding to hold on to the worst coach in the NBA, both at the start of the season and through the entire year. So what is Thad Young really giving you at this point? I would deal him, get his cap money off the books, uh, you know, let Hutchison get some more minutes, let some other young guys take up those spots. I would do the same thing with Sadoransky, even though I do really enjoy watching Sadoransky. And I think that, you know, when he's been empowered a little bit, he has been better. Uh, with that being said, I don't really have like a young guy out there who I think the Bulls should target. There's reclamation projects all around the league, though. I mean, look what Ben McLemore is doing for the Rockets this year. He was someone who had draft bust basically stamped on his forehead. And now he's been a quality part of their eight man rotation for him this year. So uh, I think that any sort of reclamation project you can get your hands on is probably worth a shot and i would love to get a pick that's you know within the top 40 or so of this draft yeah i i guess i wouldn't trade that like just to trade like i don't i don't know i want to trade him for a bad return necessarily because i think you could trade him trade him in the offseason or or in the offseason as well like he's under contract he's got two full years and then his third year is like partially guaranteed i think for like six million or something so like they don't necessarily have to trade him like if the if you're getting shitty offers like don't just trade that young just trade that young but i feel like somebody would at least give something of decent value like he, I, again i think he's better than what he's shown this season like if somebody who could use him better i think he has value on a contender as a guy off the bench bringing that leadership definitely i'd be more inclined i mean i to i guess i'd be more inclined to keep sadaransky obviously totally fine shopping if you want to do it he's still relatively young what is he 27 28 like i think moving forward he could probably be a solid backup swing guard uh, even play some three like he's I think he has like one of the highest on court net ratings on the Bulls. So like while he he obviously he doesn't impress you, you look at his box score numbers and he's just kind of like whatever. But he does a lot of things well, like decently well, like he's pretty smart as a player. He's a good passer. He, he throws really good lobs. So like I'd be fine keeping him around as like moving forward as like a backup player. Like I'd, I guess he probably shouldn't start be the starter next year. 
But he's all right. I, I, again, though, like if you get if somebody offers up a first round pick for him, sure, absolutely take it. I don't know if anybody will do that or if they're even looking at anything like that. But yeah, sure, why not? Um, I guess again, other trade candidates. Obviously, Denzel Valentine is he's been out of the rotation. He's playing a bit more now because of these injuries, especially with Kristen Hurt. He had the one really good game against the Spurs last week. He basically kind of kept them alive. I think he had like 16 points at four or five threes. When the Bulls went down, they were going down big in the third, early in the fourth quarter. He hit like three three pointers across a few minutes and kept the Bulls in it, and they went on a big run. But then I pretty he's been bad since then. He's been in and out of the rotation. Uh, Boylan clearly does not like him. He he'll do anything basically not to play him if he he basically only plays if he absolutely has to, and he's run out of bodies. I mean, you're not going to get really anything for Denzel Valentine, but I think you've got to get something. You're not, they obviously don't want him around long-term. Like, you're probably almost certainly not going to re-sign him. Like, give, give, just give me a second-round pick. I've I've brought up the Sixers multiple times, too. The Sixers, by the way, are kind of a complete mess right now. They just got their ass beat again by uh, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, huge revenge game, 38 points in 29 minutes as the Heat won by, like, 30 points. The, the Sixers are an absolutely terrible road team. They're, they're something like 22 and 2 at home and like 9 and 18 on the road. It's kind of kind of a mess. They have, their bench really isn't anything special. They could use the shooting, and I'm pretty sure they have a million second round picks built up from the process era. Give me a second round pick for Denzel Valentine and be done with it. What do you think? For sure. I'm shipping that trade immediately if they can get yeah. a second rounder for Denzel. And I wouldn't put it past Denzel to kind of right the ship of his career as he goes on with a different organization. He needs a change of scenery worse than just about any fringe NBA player in the league right now. It's not happening for him with the Bulls. So, uh, yeah, if they get a second round pick for it, I definitely take it. Yeah, I I, absolutely. Anything for him, it's fine. He's not coming back. He's going to be a restricted free agent. He does does have these moments where he – where he shoots well, he he's a decent playmaker. Like he's got some NBA skills. Clearly, like you said, needs a new start. Uh, Chris Dunn would have been, I think, a really interesting trade candidate given he has re- rehabilitated his value this season. I I don't even think it's arguable. He's been one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA this year. When you look at the steal numbers, when you look at the deflections and all those kind of hustle stats, he's towards the top of that all. Obviously, his offense is still a work in progress, but he's actually ticked up his efficiency a little bit this season, despite being absolute trash from three and really still not getting in the line much. Because he's finishing much better this season. His two-point percentage is up from like 46% last year to like 53 54% this year, because he's finishing much better. Uh, so he's not a complete waste on offense. Still, he's I would still consider him a one-way player. He's a restricted free agent coming up this season. They obviously tried to trade him last offseason, didn't go anywhere, and he's kind of come back and... Bought into his role. He's done as best as he could as the starting small forward. Like I said, elite defender. But now this knee injury is totally screw, screws up possibly any trade plans. Again, like we don't know the exact results of this or how the timetable for how he's going to come back. But again, I would assume this is something that's going to keep him out for several weeks, maybe up to a month, maybe longer than that. It looked really bad. In first play of that game, Thad Young like rolled into his knee. This the the uh, the vibe in the locker room based on. The articles that were written from Casey Johnson seemed like it was really down. The way Zach was talking about it, the way Boylan was talking about it, clearly they're expecting him to miss time. So now, like his trade goes from like interesting to probably nothing, right? Like no one's going to trade for an injured Chris Dunn in the final year's contract, right? And like the Bulls would just have to hope that maybe he's out for like a week or two, and somebody would still give up something. But he's gone from a guy who is probably like maybe if maybe you could get a first for him to probably nothing now. Yeah, fully agree. So I guess looking. At, 
the quick at the offseason, like what do you what kind of contract is Chris Dunn gonna get? Like what would you would you be willing to give him like three years? Like I don't want to say the Marcus Smart deal, but like three three or four years at like ten million a year. Like are you willing to commit to that kind of thing for Chris Dunn? Not for the Bulls. It doesn't do anything for him because at the end of the day, is he a starter? I don't think he can be a starter as a point guard. Not on this team at least. I do think he could potentially help a good team as like a role player off the bench, a seventh, eighth man. Uh, for the Bulls, like giving a guy who's not going to be a starter ten million a year accomplishes absolutely nothing. That would be horrible, in my opinion, and that's why I really thought the Bulls' best move would be trading Dunn. I always said since the beginning of the season that I think Alfred Payton's contract is going to be like you know the low end of the bar for Dunn's next deal. He got two years, sixteen million, eight million per. So, uh, you know, basically, if you're going to totally rebuild a team, the ideal way you want your contracts arranged are like max guys and then guys on low salaries who are like outperforming them i just don't see dunn outperforming a 10 million dollar salary given the fact that he's so limited offensively i really like watching chris dunn i think that uh this season he's been one of the few things to feel good about on the team but i don't see him being a starter and because of that i would not pay him 10 million a year or 8 million a year or any sort of significant chunk of cap space when you know ultimately you just don't know what you have with this Bulls team yet, and I don't think there's any point in locking yourself into, you know, four years of him. Right. It just seems like a situation where if the Bulls were actually good and like they had like a legitimate core and they were like a legitimate playoff team, possible contender, yeah, he's a that's a valuable guy. That's a going rate for like a solid, solid bench guy. But when there's when you can't just keep committing to a core that's not any good. So like especially with with Lowry extension possibly coming up and like. And I mean, you already have Zach on a long-term deal. Like, you you have to make decisions about this core. And like, like you said, he's probably would be better on a team if the Bulls were good with a clear direction. That he's worth keeping around. But can you commit to that when they're at where they're at? Probably not. Uh, looking past those guys, like I said, I think if the Bulls do make a trade, like I said, I feel like it'll be maybe Thad and Denzel. Like I said, I don't think Dunn's gonna get traded now. Let's look past that and look at some of the the main guys on this rocker, roster. Speaking of this core. Otto Porter Jr. has a has been hurt all year. Who knows when he's coming back? He's doing some other, other I guess some work on the court now. He was I think he was shooting around recently, but I mean, who the hell knows at this point? He's got a player option worth like twenty eight million. I would see if you can get something for possibly something for him. But again, this injury, like who knows what like, who knows what's gonna ha- happen there? Like, do you think any like I, I guess another team would have to give medicals? Like, what, what do you what would you even envision a team like? giving up for Otto Porter Jr. Like, I, I, I just don't even know. I think the Bulls should sniff around and see if there's anything out there because there's always the possibility that he, I, I, maybe probability that he opts into this player option next year. I don't know if the Bulls necessarily want that. Like I said, I think he's a good player. Uh, he, We argued that he was basically the Bulls' best player coming into the season, uh, but the injury thing has been there. He started the year kind of slow. Uh, what is your take on Otto Porter Jr. here at the deadline moving into the future with the Bulls? He's not going to get traded while he's hurt. Right. Like even the Bulls didn't know what his injury was right. <laughs> for a month and a half. Uh, I see no scenario in which they trade him while he's hurt or that someone wants to trade for him while he's hurt. And I think that he's going to pick up the option in the summer. And, you know, at that point, I think that perhaps he could be attractive on an expiring deal. But, you know, man, now we're talking about like trade Nato Porter for anything you could get. It's like the Bulls have just made no progress in this rebuild as much as they want to try to spin it. 
they're in one of the worst situations of any team in the entire league. I mean, there's a few other teams that are like in the mix for that, but they are going nowhere, man. And uh, yeah, I just don't see any scenario in which he gets traded in season. And that's a bummer too, because we both, we praised the Porter trade. Again, we talked about how he was arguably their best player and it just has totally backfired. Like almost everything Bulls related these days. It's brutal. Uh, I guess moving past him, we're, then we have the actual like core core, I guess. We're not gonna, we're not going to include Kobe White. Kobe White's not getting traded, obviously. We got Zach Levine, Larry Markkinen, Wendell Carter Jr. You obviously, you mentioned that you you think the Bulls should look at possible Levine, Markkinen trades. I, I'm pretty sure Wendell is probably close. I, I, he's not untouchable. Nobody is untouchable on this roster, but he's also hurt right now. Obviously, that doesn't mean as much because he's a young guy under contract, but I would assume Wendell Carter Jr. is probably safe. You're, you're not trading him unless... You're getting a legit stud back. So that brings us to Levine and Lowry. We've kind of talked briefly about like the like what could you get possibly get for like Zach Levine or Lowry Markinen. Uh like and I mentioned the Zach Lowe, like quote unquote rumor uh at the at the top of this podcast and how like he basically said good teams, whatever you want to who knows what good teams means. He's been calling about Zach Levine. The Bulls probably just aren't that interested, but they probably should at least hear them out. I think probably, right? I mean, again, no te- player on this team should be untouchable. As, as good as a season as Zach has had, he's been really good offensively. He's been a great scorer and all that. He's made a few strides offensively, still has some issues there. But I, I think we talked about this once before. Just, I, just, I just don't know if, how what kind of good val- good value you can get back for Zach Levine because I feel like teams in the league probably don't, I just probably don't view him as highly as the Bulls do. There was, uh, there was an SI article, basically a guy, like a Mavs, one of those, uh, one of the SI bloggers did a Mavs article talking about the Mavs going after Zach Levine, and his like the offer he came up with was like, um, it was like a second round draft pick, Courtney Lee's expiring contract, and a Mavs young guy, and like none of the Mavs young guys are like that impressive. Like that is a that is a horrible offer for Zach Levine, and I feel like that just kind of speaks to like what probably what people and maybe teams around the league think for him, like. I, I mentioned the Sixers again. Like, I feel like Zach Levine would be great on the Sixers, but who are the Sixers trading? Like, you're not getting Ben Simmons back, obviously, unless you like put together like a massive trade package. I mean, maybe the Sixers are willing to just get absolutely crazy, but like, I mean, would the like would you do something like Zach Levine for Josh Richardson, Matisse Thybul, and uh, Zaire Smith? Somebody brought that to me on Twitter today. Josh Richardson, Z- uh, Thybul, and Zaire Smith. Would the Bulls do that? Would the Sixers even do that? Like, I feel like the Levine value is just like hard to gauge around the league right now. Man, I'd be really tempted to do that if I were the Bulls, but like, I don't know. I still probably wouldn't do it. But the point right. is it's that just, like it's hard. Yeah. I don't want John Paxson being the guy who's making the decision on trading Zach Levine. Like he made the decision on trading Jimmy Butler, and it was, I would say, probably the worst move of his career, right? Butler scored 38 tonight, I think, in three quarters. Yeah. Uh, so no, John Paxson, you're not allowed to make another trade involving your best player because you did it once and you get an F for that one. So, uh, if you know, that is at least a somewhat interesting trade. I think you're right in wondering if Philly would even do it themselves. They love Tybal. Uh, Josh Richardson's pretty solid for him and, uh, you wonder what that team would look like and how Zach would have to dial back his scoring to play within a team structure like that. But yeah, I just don't think that it's realistic that the Bulls would deal Levine at the deadline, though I do agree they should be listening. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, they should be listening. I, it would have to be like a really massive trade. I, I just can't see them shaking things up like that, especially again with 
with the all-star game in chicago are they really, really gonna trade him before he like participates in whatever three-point contest in chicago like it would have to be a deal that brings them back legit star and that that deal is just not on the table based on all the rumors out there like and who's actually available right now like it's just it's just not happening uh and and, and i would probably say the same thing about larry marketing as well like his value is is he's hurt uh his value is probably at maybe an all-time low at this point. Like, obviously, maybe teams could probably think that they can use him better, that they can get more out of him. But, I mean, this is year three, and, I mean, he'll be going into the final years of his rookie deal. He's got an extension coming up. So, like, and you're selling him at a low point. Like, I feel like you wouldn't be able to get back the value you would want for him either. So, it's just, like, I, it just doesn't – I feel like a trade doesn't, there doesn't make much sense either, right? Yeah. I'm with you on there again. <laughs> it, it's just it's just hard to see the Bulls – like, obviously, again, like you mentioned – it's quiet on the Bulls' front, but they're often very quiet. They made the auto portrait out of nowhere, but it just feels like if it's not going to be, if it's something, if it's not something small that's like Thad Young or Denzel or something like, I just don't see like any big moves out there. Like, I know like there was some chatter kind of on Twitter, like nothing legitimate here, but like, oh, should the Bulls go after like D'Angelo Russell? Like, there was some I think phony account pushing that, but then there's other people just kind of talking about it. Just fun to talk about the kind of stuff, but like. I mean, that would be kind of interesting. We talked about the Bulls going after Russell in the offseason and like the Russell Levine backcourt would probably be it would be atrocious defensively, would be would get buckets and be a lot of fun. But like and I brought up, well, like maybe you can trade like Otto Porter and a draft you're like the Bulls draft pick this year. Like, would you do that? Like, I don't I don't the Warriors are they're looking to cut salary. They're hard capped, so they really can't take any salary in. They're they are supposedly talking with the Timberwolves who really want Russell. So if the Bulls, for some reason, wanted to get on these D'Angelo Russell and trade talks, like Otto Porter Jr. and like like a top three protected for this year or even unprotected, like with this draft being questionable at the top, maybe you'd rather take D'Angelo Russell than one of these young guys. Probably not. Would you do that? If it was Otto Porter Jr. and your 2020 pick for D'Angelo Russell, would you do that? I would want a top pick in 2021. So if I thought that I could get the Timberwolves to give me their 2021 pick for Russell, like maybe I would do that, but no, like I don't think the Bulls should be trading a top three protected draft pick to get D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I think that, you know, perhaps you could re-explore a deal with Otto going to the Warriors in the offseason. I don't really know what would be coming back in that, but uh, it would just be, it'd be too much, I think, to trade a protected draft pick this year. Yeah, I mean, even with the yeah, it'd be it'd be tough. Like, I mean, Russell, like I said, Russell is obviously a good player, but also flawed. Like, again, that'd be a very fl- fun but flawed backcourt. Net. Like, I don't know if you're actually building towards any like legitimate kind of sustainable winning there. With if you're back, I mean, I guess you would then go trade Levine for something else if you really wanted to. But I mean, that, I mean, Levine might be better than Russell at this point. I don't know. They're both again both fun offensive players, but flawed. Russell doesn't really get to the line. He doesn't score that well in the paint. Just kind of chucks threes a lot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was. I thought it was at least maybe a fun, and interesting conversation. I feel like Porter would be if he could stay healthy would be absolutely perfect for the Warriors as their as their as their starting three with Steph, Clay, Draymond, uh, uh, Otto Porter, and then I, I guess they would give up the draft pick. Maybe I don't know. But then if they add if they can find a good center, the Warriors might go. Then they'd be right up back up there, possible title contender next year. But obviously, again, I don't think that's going to happen. It was just kind of some fun stuff I saw on Twitter today to talk about. But yeah, again, there's really not that much else out there out there Bulls related. We will see what they will do. Uh, again, the trade deadline is coming up th- on Thursday. Uh, Ricky, do you have any final thoughts here about the Bulls trade deadline this season? 
Anything on the Jim Boylan goofiness? Anything? Any final thoughts here? I got no final thoughts, Jason. Let's just get the season <laughs> over with. Can I sim to the end? I'm like totally it's... checked out at this point. It feels bad to say. I'm still watching some of the games, no doubt. Following the team. We're going to be with you the rest of the way for this season. But, geez, man. This thing has been <laughs> such a bummer to track and to watch all year long. Uh, I wish we could just get to the offseason. I know, and we we bought in hard. I, and I wouldn't say hard. You were buying in the playoff buzz. Yeah. I was close. We tried. We bought. We tried. We almost. We bit, kind of bought into boiling too. And now it just Shameful. turned into like it, like last year was worse. This year is. I mean, I mean, you could argue maybe this year is worse because the expectations were higher. I guess my expectations were semi high last year, and the, to, to, for the season to turn into what it did last year was a joke. Like, I guess the biggest bummer, especially with All Star Week coming up, and the, the Bulls really ha- they having only Zach doing this three point contest. So just it's kind of like how irrelevant they are in the whole just conversation. We've talked about this like ad nauseum at times. Just like All Star Weekend's coming to Chicago, the Bulls have like no representation. There's no buzzer on the team at all. They're a huge disappointment. Basically, people just laugh at Jim Boylan. That's like the extent of the conversation around the Bulls, and it's just it's just a bummer to just. To talk about it, it's just it's it's brutal. Like again, I, the Bulls aren't the worst team out there. Like they they've they've done they've done a decent job beating other awful teams. And like we look at like teams like the Timberwolves, who are absolutely atrocious, and like obviously the Knicks and Cavs are a hot mess. But like the Bulls aren't that far behind. And just for where they are, and just this with with this with this market and with this franchise and with the brand, just to be just so irrelevant is just. So tough, and it's and it's just so obvious when we're like following games, watching games, and on Twitter, they're just like no one cares, no one really talks about them. When you like go into like Twitter replies, like the Bulls Twitter account, just like everybody laughing at them and saying like who cares about the Bulls? It just it sucks, man. It's brutal, and and, and it kind of feels that way at this trade deadline too. Just like it almost just like a, who cares? Like trade deadline is always supposed to be super fun. Maybe stuff happens, and I feel like just like nobody cares with the Bulls, and there's like there's no rumors, to t- there's really no rumors to talk about. There's like no buzz at all. It's, and it's a bummer. Like you said, it's just a total Bulls bummer. If you're done, we are definitely done here. So this has been Cash Considerations. Shout out Bulls Podcast with your 2020 Bulls trade deadline preview. As always, shout out to Blue Wire. And again, shout out to our new, new sponsor, Bet Online. Please go check out betonline.ag for all your betting needs. Obviously, March Madness will be coming up in the next month or two. That's always a lot of fun. Go please check out all our great Blue Wire pods across the network. We got tons of basketball. We got football. We got tons of other pods out there. A lot of great pods to listen to. Follow our Twitter account at Blue Wire Pods for us at Cash Considerations. Uh, please rate and review us where, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. All those places. Please give us those five-star reviews. Or if you think we're awful, tell us why we're awful. We'll try to get better. Uh, so this has been Jason and Ricky. It's been Cash Considerations. Cowboys Podcast. Happy trade deadline, everybody. We will talk to you next time. Probably, hopefully right after the trade deadline. We'll see if the Bulls made a move. Have a good one. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.